0: Scott. And we just wanted to let you know that we want to hear from you. Like, I mean, we really want to hear from you.
1: It's coming to be the end of the year and we want to do a special episode where we talk about all of our favorite things from the year, but we want you to tell us too.
0: But yeah, so we're going to give you the number, Uh, specially trained operators, which are cats, are standing by.
1: And the number is 929-GO-GENRE. That's 929-464-3673.
0: Oh, by gosh, by golly.
1: Tis the season to be jolly.
0: (laughs) Yay. Is that how that goes? No. No, okay. But you know what? It's not Halloween, so it doesn't matter.
1: Oh, don't be a (laughs) Grinch.
0: But I am. Actually, I want to say, the book we read for tonight's episode certainly put me in the holiday spirit in the best way it possible possibly could.
1: It's everything that you love. It's all it's all horror and then a little bit of tinsel. <laughs>
0: just a little bit of sparkle a little bit of magic so we're talking about of course Hark the Herald Angels Scream edited by Christopher Golden it's a Bloomhouse original book and it's full of short stories by some horror authors you're sure to know maybe some that are new to you pretty good actually I freaking
1: love this book yeah it was really fun now I have a question Bloomhouse is that is that the, the
0: the movie people yeah as far as I know this is the same yeah because it's the same Logo.
1: I didn't know that they had a uh, book division. That's pretty cool.
0: I know. If I did know, I never noticed it. So that's something to keep in mind. And of course, this has one of the best covers of the year.
1: It's really fun art.
0: It's very throwbackish, kind of 80s. We've got a green, kind of ghoul zombie looking guy dressed as Santa, and he was, like, clearly wearing, like, a Santa mask that he took off. And he's smiling because he wants to share the joy of the season with you. It's the season. (laughs) So, this is kind of a different episode. This is, uh, we don't always do short stories, for one. And there's no, like, overarching plot that ties this together, like Haunted. And there's not really
1: any way to go about this without spoiling it.
0: Right. Because this is this is a special Christmas episode. And I know a lot of people out there have read this book. If you haven't, it's not too late. So go read the book, come back. And oh, you know what you can do? You can listen to this episode like on Christmas Eve or Christmas morning.
1: I'll play some some little jingly bells in the background, some Christmas music so you can sit down with your cocoa, with your blood-red marshmallows in it.
0: Your cocoa, your mulled wine, perhaps a spiced cider, and and just enjoy, you know, a collection of terror. So many different types of horror in one wonderful little compilation. So without too much ado, I guess we're going to get into this. Let's do it. So... It's going to be hard to pick a favorite. I think we're going to kind of talk about all of them. And then... As we're talking about them, we can say, like, this is one of my favorites. It's my absolute favorite. There was only a few for me in here that were kind of meh, but nothing I hated.
1: There was one that I did not enjoy. Uh, but other than that, I actually loved everything else.
0: I wonder if we have the same one.
1: I'm almost positive we do.
0: Okay, well, we'll see when we get there. So the first story uh, is Absinthe and Angels by Kelly Armstrong. I'm a fan of Kelly Armstrong. I've read some of her books, but... Uh, This was fantastic. Hey, Scott, did you know what Newfoundland mummers were before this?
1: I, I'd heard of mummers but never from Newfoundland and it is definitely a different kind of tradition
0: oh my god it's scary as hell and like she painted a really good visual for us like with what was gonna happen but then I took to the internet for the googling and the images and I was like holy smokes this is frightening AF and I can't believe people did this do this. I mean I love it because it's so scary, but I'm like, how in the world did this even become a popular thing to do during Christmas? I love it.
1: You could never do that here. I would be horrified. I would lock my doors. I would I, I don't I don't think you could survive by doing a Newfoundland mummer thing here in America.
0: But I love it because it is like really Halloween-ish.
1: It is kind of Halloweenish. I didn't really think of it, but it's kind of like trick or treating.
0: And you know what, too? Actually, the tradition of telling ghost stories around Christmas is a real thing. It's kind of fallen away, but that's why in that. Psalm Most Wonderful Time of the Year, it says there'll be scary ghost stories and tales of the glories of Christmas is long, long ago, because it was a real tradition that people sat around and uh, told ghost stories, and I guess some cultures and peoples think of it a little bit in the yuletide sense of the thinning of the veil as well.
1: Yeah, as the days grow shorter and the nights grow longer, the, uh, the spirits become closer to us.
0: So... That makes me already like Christmas like a 100 times more than I used to.
1: So I guess we're going to be introducing kind of a a Halloween theme now to our future Christmases?
0: I don't see why not. It's traditional.
1: Well, okay.
0: So I don't really have too much more to say about Absinthe and Angels besides the fact that I thought it was a rollicking good story and an awesome way to start this collection.
1: Yeah, it's a very good first book for it because it, it There was a little bit of hallucination with a little bit of home invasion on top of it. It's
0: Yeah, and kind of fantasy-ish, too. There's like a really kind of fantastical element to that one. Uh, Yeah, it was good. Really good. Thoroughly creepy. And it sets
1: the stage for things to have not happy endings, for the most part, and to not be fully wrapped up in a bow. Like you would expect with a Christmas present, because this is horror.
0: Uh, so it's the best present one could get. So the second piece is Christmas in Barcelona by Scott Smith. The only other thing I've read by Scott Smith is The Ruins, which I love. Fantastic horror book. Mm, mediocre horror movie.
1: I, I didn't realize it was the same author. That was really scary. Okay, it was really stressful. And it wasn't stressful because of the horror elements. Just the the whole idea, uh, the way it was describing going on vacation with a small child just made me break out into a sweat.
0: Oh, my God. And there's crying and they can't calm the kid. Oh, my gosh. And the way it's told, like just everything about this story built a lot of tension. Definitely one of my favorites in the book.
1: It's one of the most magical ones as well, which I really appreciated. I, I liked the magical qualities and kind of kind of the exploration of, of how once you see magic, it, it, it kind of ceases to be magical.
0: Yeah, and the way that it's um I can't see this word and I should have looked up how to pronounce it. A crochet, a nativity kind of thing. Is it crochet?
1: I've never, I've actually never heard that word before. I did yeah. look it up when I was reading it. I, I'm not quite sure how to pronounce it.
0: Yeah, I hadn't heard it before either until this. But um yeah, like so that was kind of cool because that was something I wasn't quite familiar with and I looked it up and it's like a nativity and I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I get that. But um the idea of this little old woman and she has them in their magic and- and just the way the magic spreads from person to person, but magic comes with a price and you can't always control what it's going to do.
1: I think this was a really good second book for the story because this, this brings in the other side of some of these horror book, horror stories. And actually, a lot of them kind of follow this, where the vast majority of the story is not horrifying. It's stressful and it, and it has- Tension. A, yeah, there's a lot of tension, but it, there's there's no horror until until there is.
0: <laughs> and it's like- unforgettable. And it sticks with you until long after you close the pages of this book. The next story is one that also really stuck with me. This is Fresh as the New Fallen Snow by Seanan McGuire. Shauna McGuire, very well known writer. Um, I haven't read a lot of her stuff, but I'm really excited to. I've always wanted to. So it's about the kids who are with the babysitter, and there's kind of this magical snow maiden quality. She goes by the name of Ryza, but clearly she is the Snagorochka? Snagorochka. I don't. I'm not quite positive, but a wonderful magical creature that kind of helps Santa Claus in his work. This might actually
1: might be my favorite short story. Ultimately, in the book, yeah, it's definitely up there for me. I don't know if it's the one that I necessarily enjoyed the most. There's some more that gave me a little bit more awful glee, but this is the one that I'm gonna think back on and might make a regular Christmas read. <gasps> this is the kind of story that you could you could like tell on Christmas Day as kind of just like a a neat fairy tale.
0: Oh, and it is neat, and it's scary, and it's dark, like all good fairy tales should be, but it's beautiful, and, and it's harrowing, and it's one of those, you know, sometimes you read books, and it's like you feel it, like you feel the chill in your bones, or you feel like it's hot, or you feel whatever it is, the author just perfectly paints it for you, and this one, I just felt like ice through my veins.
1: If someone said that this story, if I didn't know that this was recently published and they told me this story was the inspiration for Mary Poppins, I would believe them. <laughs> Because this is is. the kind of this is the well, yeah, the legend could be actually it very well could be because this is the kind of story that that, you know, you grow up watching Disney movies, and then you realize that the stories that they're based on are a whole heck of a lot darker than how they present it. That's how this read to me. as the original dark story.
0: Mm, So good. I knew you'd like that one, too. And it's sad, too. It's just like beautifully, poetically sad. So good. Next, we have Love Me by Thomas E. Snigowski. Love Me! Love Me! <laughs> I really like the way you capture that, and I feel like that's exactly what it's saying. That is.
1: That was pro that was my favorite to read. That was the one that brought me the most joy when I was reading it.
0: Yeah. oh my God. this one, like some of these um have humor in them. Some of them have more than others. This one was um so funny. So, so funny. You know, it's this like little creature <laughs> that you get, and it's kind of like a teddy bear.
1: I actually really liked that the author didn't spend too much time describing the creature. Uh, it was clearly supposed to be some sort of stuffed animal, but it's not clear if it's a if it's actually a teddy bear, if it's kind of like a, you know, you can kind of picture that creature however you want.
0: Yeah, and this deadbeat dad gets it and you know, it's it seems like such a good idea at the time, until it's not.
1: Until it's really not a good idea.
0: Um, But I loved it. I thought it was funny. I thought it was like, I mean, let's be honest. If we had this thing. We'd keep it.
1: Well, it doesn't seem like it gives you much of a choice. No, but, but we'd
0: like embrace it. Don't you think? I think you and I would be happy with it.
1: If we could leave it in a cage, maybe. We're
0: not putting it in a cage. It's a member of the family. I don't know about that. Okay, well, clearly we have a differing of opinion. One of us would lean in and embrace the needy little psychopath. I
1: like the idea that he that he exists. I, I'm, I'm happy to think of him being out there and being happy. I just don't know if I can provide that much love
0: well okay the thing is demanding
1: little creature
0: but it's not like a human it's like its own little thing but you have to keep it really satisfied with its level of love or it eats you at
1: all times at At all times or you get eaten it doesn't sleep it doesn't rest it doesn't it's never satisfied it's never happy it just
0: love me love me
1: i think i just blew the mic on that one
0: (laughs) I think if there's anybody that could turn this thing around, it would be you and I. And the cat, stitches. I,
1: I don't I don't think you can turn around a creature like that, but if there's anyone if there's anyone who could do it, it would be you.
0: Yeah. I never met a creature I couldn't love. The next story is kind of a little bit of a, a similar vibe in a way. And that's not just for Christmas by Sarah Lots, And this is with the um I wanna say gigapet, but it's not. Oh Gen it's, Pet. Uh, Gen
1: Pet, yes. Yeah. Uh I liked this one. It was kind of more of a sci-fi horror which It's fine. I, I loved.
0: Yes. So there's nothing wrong with a little sci-fi horror. And that's kind of the fun thing about this collection. Like, like we mentioned at the beginning, there's different types of horror. Um, and this one's got like a very near future kind of vibe where you have these genetically altered pets. They're very controversial. Um, you know, because they are kind of putting old pets, like the regular biological pets out to pasture in favor of these new fancy pets that, um, kind of backfire a little bit.
1: Yeah, they're they're living creatures that are genetically modified to never stop being puppies, but they're also controlled by an app so you can train it by downloading applications and teach it to speak and then they start
0: swearing at you or they go through your search history, they know, because they're data. And it's often been said data is the commodity of the coming century. And this is like a really good example of that. Um, of course, the funniest parts is when it starts, <laughs> like reciting Jake's porn Search history.
1: I died in hysterics at that scene.
0: Really fun, weird, little cautionary tale. One of my other favorite parts of this was how the vet, like when it catches a virus, the vet is like so unsympathetic. And it's like, yeah, because you've got this weird digital not quite alive pet you freak so
1: i'm gonna charge you everything that i can to put it in a box and quote unquote fix it (laughs) but there's (laughs) nothing you can do it's just gonna break again (laughs)
0: because it's creepy (laughs) um the next story was another one of my favorites And this was Tenets by Josh Mallerman, who is, of course, one of the best horror writers out there today.
1: As soon as I saw his name, I was like, oh, I'm really, really excited for this one.
0: This is another one for me that was like a lot of like, oh, what's going to happen? When's it all going to go downhill? Because you learn that's these old college friends getting together for a party. And one of them is bringing a guy who used to be a cult leader. He's fresh out of like prison. First of all, we all know how I feel about cults. You say cult, that's one of my buzzwords.
1: You you, you belong to the cult of cults.
0: Yeah, I am so fascinated by cults. Um, love any story, movie where there's like a cult in it. Anyway, and so you're just kind of waiting to like... How bad is this guy? How freaky is he? Is he going to try to make them join the cult? What's up with this? Why did this guy bring him to the party?
1: And it turns out, well, actually, I'm curious what you think of the ending, because it turns out he's really sad and depressed because he knows he's going to die.
0: Oh, that's a 100% what I took away from the ending of this too, is because you can't ever leave the cult. And if you like rat out the coal or whatever, like you're in trouble. So he knows that it's not a matter of you know if it's a matter of when his followers are going to come for him. And well, they just happen to show up during the party. And I'm sure they can't leave any witnesses.
1: No, not at all. They're they're all goners. <laughs> So I want to talk about the next one, and that's Good Deeds.
0: And this is Good Deeds by Jeff Strand. And
1: okay, this is now the third one I'm saying this for, but this one was my favorite. (laughs) This is basically a short story to explain why the author absolutely f***ing hates The Christmas Shoes, that song. Oh, my God. That is what this short story is. It's basically saying, hey, this is the most depressing song ever written. It's horrible. You should all kill yourselves.
0: <laughs> I, I I loved, and it's really funny, too. I loved this one. But, I mean, it's, like, so funny, you know, the little orphan when he comes up with the shoes and he, you know, doesn't have money and the shopkeeper's like, uh, And, and then, like, the guy's gonna buy him and then he's like, oh, go over to that rack where it says, like, sale and get some shoes over there for Mom to meet Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and I, and I, when...
1: When it, when it just like so blase says, you know, he rushed home and yeah, he caused an accident running a red light, but you know, he had to go write this song. I'm like, oh, that's where this is going.
0: Oh my God, okay. and this guy is just this martyr and he's so full of himself that he's like such this wonderful guy. And it's like, yeah, he wrote this song kind of like the Christmas cheese that will break you because it is so absolutely horrifyingly sad not in a good way and yeah just kind of like the repercussions of this is well it makes everybody die and
1: and it's basically it's not about how wonderful this this feeling was at christmas this is this is what everyone should do it's look what look at this great thing that i did look at this wonderful change that i made to the world it's, it's a really it's a really great uh commentary on songs like that, where it's like, no, really, you're just kind of like saying how awesome this person was for doing this thing, not...
0: Oh, not- yeah. And charitable acts in general and how people can be oh, so unsincere with them and just want the attention of, look what I did. I did something so good. And then it's just like, it's so dryly written. I was screwed. All because I tried to do something nice for somebody. Thanks for nothing, Jesus. <laughs> <It's an> actual... <laughs> of the book.
1: <laughs> and just even the people who are killing themselves are just so like, well, well, this is what this is what's happening now. All right, line up. I've got 6 bullets. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so good and there's like somebody that like has to like end their life in some other horrifying way because there's like not enough bullets oh my god it's just so silly
1: and with when the uh the the waitress in the bar says oh no it was so inspiring i'm gonna go out and tell the world and he sees another guy sitting at the table and he says oh no i just took sleeping pills i'm just waiting for them to kick
0: in <laughs> oh it's so funny it's such a Darkly, darkly humorous tale. Who is Def- the author of that one? Uh, that one is Good Deeds Jeff Strand, who I'm not familiar with, but I am really eager to read more of his stuff. I,
1: I really have to I really have to hunt him down because that was that was so well done.
0: The next piece is a really timely piece. Um, and it's by Christopher Golden, great author I've been reading for many years, who actually edited this compilation, and that's It's a Wonderful Knife.
1: This was this was not really horror at all but it was a really it was a, a, a fun story
0: oh it's horror it's horror it's just i don't mean
1: to say that judgmentally i'm just saying like i i was i was more excited than i was scared of anything in this.
0: oh it's a great revenge tale and it's very um evocative of the me too movement and kind of you know this is a hollywood producer these men in power who do these things to women well, in other times do these things to men but in this case and largely known women and this girl taking her revenge with this magical little artifact that comes just but once a year for what is it like it's like a minute
1: one minute 60
0: seconds yeah so you have to plan it out so perfectly and she just commits the perfect crime she kills the bastard
1: it was a very timely story and it was very well done it's it's always fun to read a story where it comes in at the fifth act
0: oh yeah and where bad guys get their comeuppance And there's a really strong feminist feel to it. So definitely enjoyed this story. Next is Mistletoe and Holly by James A. Moore. Which one was
1: Mistletoe and Holly?
0: This is the one with the lady who lost her husband overseas, and, well, he kind of comes back with a magical spell. Oh,
1: yeah. This one was okay. Um,
0: Yeah, this one wasn't one of my favorites. Um, You know, of course, I I, I don't love the kind of weird misrepresentation of witchcraft and Wicca in this. That's kind of like a little like, aren't we kind of past making it seem like Wicca is like this kind of religion
1: and i really didn't like the way that any of the women in this story was written if i'm being honest
0: um i did and i didn't because i i mean here's the thing is i felt bad for our heroine and then you kind of learn that she kind of stole this guy from her sister and this guy was a real loser too
1: well he was a loser and and everyone in the story was just kind of crummy and, and i know that that's that's appropriate for horror that's celebrated in horror but
0: sometimes yeah I don't
1: I don't really like uh stories where women are kind of
0: pitted against each other yeah
1: I'm not yeah. a big fan of that anyway and then on top of that I just didn't really find any of the women to be particularly believable either
0: yeah I know what you mean it's not it's not quite as insidious as we're making it sound it really doesn't read that way yeah I, I wasn't
1: offended by it I just yeah. it just didn't really it didn't really get me because I just I wanted it. Just it didn't really. And you agree true about to me. like
0: the Wicca stuff too? It's like, are we really doing this? Like you know, bringing in that it's like women witches who just do nothing but vindictive things for what's supposed to be a really positive religion? I don't know. It was just kind of like really like disappointing a little. Yeah. It, it just it just didn't just didn't do it. So let's talk about another one, which was real bizarro, weird horror fiction stuff that I dug. And that is Snake's Tale by Sarah Langdon, Story Consultation by Clem and Frances Petty. And this is the one where there's a bizarre sort of rapture of the children on Christmas Eve.
1: Yeah, I had had a lot of trouble wrapping my head around this one.
0: Oh, it's big concept, weird, bizarro horror stuff.
1: And it just goes and it just it it's described just basically just happens over and over again and and you the reader. You, the reader, were there, and you remember it, and you did things to me, but you it choose happens, not to remember.
0: Yeah, and it happens every time. And then the children, you know, kind of rise from the dead, and they come back. And this word keeps repeating over and over again, abnegation, abnegation. And th- that's why it's called snake's tail, is it's an ouroboros, right? The snake devouring its tail, which is one of my favorite alchemical symbols.
1: Yes, and is is the idea of just denying something, yes. of refusing to, to accept something.
0: Yes. And then eventually, these ancient gods rise up in this very eldritch way, spiders and krakens and slobs of many mouths, and the martyred people and the dead, and they... <laughs> They, like destroy the world and they do this every you know several thousand years or whatever and it just the cycle keeps repeating itself and when will we learn we are but pawns to the cosmos i love it it's so bizarre
1: and this story takes place right kind of in the middle of the book it's kind of one of the middle stories which is perfect for it because it's definitely the the, the weirdest it's the most
0: I think you said high concept. It is high concept. That's
1: that that's the perfect word for it. It is very uh obscure.
0: Like there's one line in here near the end, you do not understand that it is you humans and your apprehension and your magic that are the only god. It's just like, what is happening? This is so big.
1: Yeah, I I'm very interested to hear more from this author because she she clearly has like a like an idea. She has a She has a mindset, and I'm curious if she does other eldritch horror.
0: Yeah, and if this is like a concept she explores a lot.
1: Maybe writes for word horde.
0: (laughs) That this is like um, a funny choice, but not a funny choice for a Christmas compilation, too, where it's, you know, this end of the year and this very religious holiday that all this takes place on. I don't know. Yeah, it's just like it's just big. It's just big stuff.
1: Yeah, if I could just say this is this is one of the the stories. A few of these stories They have a very, very loose connection to Christmas.
0: Oh, yeah, which doesn't bother me, like, because in some ways, it just makes it fun that it happens to be set during Christmas. Like the next story we're going to talk about, which is another one um, I greatly enjoyed reading. And that's The Second Floor of the Christmas Hotel by Joe R. Lansdale.
1: So I I kind of was mad on this one to be honest.
0: Oh, I enjoyed this one more than a meh. I I found this a really fun story. Um, I love anything about hotels they're wonderful for horror for ghost stories especially and then this one has kind of a bizarre twist as the supernatural entity is a creature of revenge which is great but it's not um typical it's kind of alien almost i mean it's not but it's not what you think of when you think of a ghost either so
1: i actually like the idea that the ghost in this kind of has somewhat of the typical uh theory idea if you will of kind of repeating itself over and over again Like it's on a track exactly and then finally gets kicked out of that track because
0: what it wants is there and just the way it's described—it's bony, it's leathery, long-fingered, a rotted-looking head. It's slimy. It leaves a trail. Really, a new concept in a supernatural ghost thing. Yeah, the descriptions were
1: great. That was the that was the real shining star of that short story. Was was the descriptions were very visual and visceral. But uh, the story itself was just kind of predictable to me. I don't know. I don't think it did anything um, Anything that that wowed me.
0: I was wowed by the creature, like I've kind of said. I feel like I'm kind of a broken record, but it's true <laughs> Like that I liked this weird new take on a supernatural ghost haunting. So my next one was kind of a weird one. Uh, this one was the first one that kind of struck me more meh. Meh, which was pharaoh street by elizabeth hand this is the one with the uh weird little house that takes tourists on christmas and i yeah, don't know i didn't e- get it i didn't get it either
1: i don't see what the with the first three quarters of the story had to do with the final setup
0: i love a slow burn but this didn't read like a slow burn for me this just read like kind of a I don't understand where we're going, and then when we get to where we're going, which is this house that like eats lonely travelers during Christmas, I was like, I wanted it to be more scary, more shocking. There's nothing that led to it. It, it,
1: It's it's an interesting concept, and I'd like to see it explored of this house that has of of lonely wanderers. But it, it just it felt like the two stories were disjointed from each other.
0: Well, and I don't quite understand what the house does to the travelers because it's like they're all waiting and then it's like they go upstairs and I'm like... Are you getting eaten? Like I'm confused what happens, but obviously they're not. Nothing's gonna really happen to them because they're gonna come back in the next year. The cycle will repeat itself until a lonely person spies the house. So there was like chunks of like potential in there. It just all didn't quite sew together for me.
1: And and does it have to do with loneliness? Because I mean, certainly she was lonely for those two days because she made a terrible mistake by going to London during Christmas time, but she didn't seem like a lonely person overall
0: no yeah so it's like is it a really like um kind of low threshold for lonely (laughs) like i I, yeah i'm just not sure i
1: get where where that was going where that was coming from i I just don't get the concept
0: yeah good chunks but didn't quite stitch together for us and if somebody this really worked for them i'd love to hear how and why because i i want to feel like i get it (laughs) I want to feel like I get it
1: too. I really want to get it. I want to. I want to understand.
0: Okay, so that brings me to the next one, which was probably my least favorite story in the in the collection, Doctor Velocity. I by Jonathan Maberry.
1: I loved this story.
0: Okay, I didn't know. I thought we were either going to be on the same page with this, or we'd be on totally opposite sides as we are. There was there was definitely. Stuff that I liked about this felt the writing was very lyrical and very rich, but I don't get it at all. Like what we're going with here, and talk about one that is only really technically kind of set on Christmas. There's nothing even remotely Christmassy about this one.
1: Oh, wait. Actually, there really isn't. I mean, there isn't. The yeah. only thing Christmassy about it is that he's given a gift. Actually, that's a really good point. There's this, you're right. Absolutely right. This has nothing to do with Christmas. Okay.
0: So, so this is it's a story of the fire zone. I did not do any research on this, did you? Like, is this a thing?
1: No, I didn't do any research. I got the impression that it was kind of set in a dystopian future. Like, I would say like like really like a two tier system. If it's a real thing, then, wow, we're in a kind of a different place than I thought
0: we were. Can you please but, uh, explain this to me why you like it so much? Why didn't I get it? Is he the devil? What's happening?
1: No, it's it's the idea that that pain like, real pain unique pain drives art and then once you've felt real pain once you've once you've experienced all of this life everything just becomes boring you know he's just suffer it it is is a, a very poignant writing of ennui mm. of just I don't I'm so
0: care bored anymore. of tired of life yeah, yeah I'm just
1: I'm tired of life I'm tired of like I don't find joy in anything I'm not necessarily although he was horribly and um a little bit of a trigger warning like it does toy with some you know things some some uh thoughts of suicide but uh you know he's he's not like incredibly depressed or sad he's he's not he has no highs or lows anymore he's just blah himself yeah he's he is how i felt about a couple of the stories in this book just like
0: But so like, why did you like this so much? Why did you like the ending so much too? Well, the ending
1: wasn't, I didn't feel anything about the ending. It wasn't about the ending. Oh yeah, he had a pill that made him feel pain and- and he gave it to him. I felt this was one story that it was really about the journey. It was more about the exploration of what that feels like to just not to not feel like you you have any highs or lows anymore. To feel like you're losing you're losing your creativity, you're losing your passion. And maybe it helped that I actually played the music he was listening to.
0: Oh, and I loved that piece. Yeah, it's
1: beautiful, especially the the, the first one. Um. And maybe that just helped me get into the uh, the experience a little bit more. I-, I just thought it was a really cool, psychologically interesting story.
0: Do you get where I'm saying that, like, is is Dr. Velocity the devil? Like, he seems to appear and give people just what they want.
1: I didn't get that, but I kind of can get behind that now.
0: Okay, I can
1: kind of get behind that. I didn't get that impression. I don't think it matters. Yeah, I don't think I don't think what he is or or what his motivations are really matter to the story.
0: I mean, I'm going to have to reread it. There is a little bit of your magic. Your greatest wish comes with a price, which is something I'm always really into. But I just I just didn't feel like it just didn't grab me. That's really, um, it's very interesting that that one stuck with you so much.
1: It's interesting because it's, I feel like the roles are kind of reversed because I am typically someone who likes a driving plot and likes a lot of explanation. Whereas you're, you're very into existentialism. I
0: like the weird esoteric stuff. Yeah. And this is definitely
1: that. It's, It's a, it's a psychological exploration. I loved it.
0: Okay. Okay. Um, the next one was one that I thought was really fun. This was Yankee Swap by John McIlveen. This was a fun, mean little slasher story.
1: This was the best torture porn story I have ever experienced.
0: Okay. I mean, I don't know if I'd call it torture porn, but it's definitely, um, it's mean. It's just a mean little story. Yeah, it's not
1: torture porn, but it falls into the same category as things like Saw, where it's its a game. I want it's, to play
0: a game. <laughs>
1: I, I, I adored this story.
0: Um, I I thought it was really fun. I liked there was twists. There's like two big twists to it. Um, that it was her fiance guy. And then also that like, there's the girl at the end who's like in on it and stuff like, so let me let me talk about the
1: first twist. I thought the way that that was revealed and so early on was great. I thought that was a really great choice for the story to just be like, wait a minute. Wait, wait, you're my fiance. What the hell are you doing here? Why are you? yeah? Um, I, I really liked that twist. I felt the, the final twist was just kind of well, that's thrown ki- in.
0: No, no. See, the reason I like that final twist is because that's what makes it nice and mean. Is it's like, oh,
1: nobody gets
0: away. Yeah,
1: no, nobody but, but his assistant, I guess.
0: Who's like his real love, I think. That's like his real true lady love and assistant. And um, I don't know, just the visual you get of this Grown ass man dressed like an elf, but wearing a goblin mask and being gleeful and just completely psychotic and talking in voices and then growling and just joyfully killing people.
1: And what's really impressive about this story is that it has so many characters and s- and all of them are so well realized and presented. I, I really want to see this story as like a-, a short film.
0: Oh, this would be a great short film. Uh,
1: This is an actor's dream is to play any of these characters because they're so quirky immediately.
0: Yeah, and you just felt for these people. You feel the fear, you feel the pain. Oh, yeah, it's just, I I can't say anything else, but it is like mean. It's just like a wicked little Christmas story Um, and definitely a good one for the slasher fans in there because there's like nothing supernatural about it. It's just-
1: Just uh, just a psycho.
0: Yeah. Now, the next one was one that, When I read it, I thought I liked it, and then it's really stuck with me, so I know that I like it. Might be one of my favorites up there, which is Honor Thy Mother by Angela Slaughter, Slater. Let's go with Slaughter, I like that better. Um, This is the one where there's the old lady who's not quite really an old lady she's actually a really biblical angel of death she's azrael
1: yes i really liked that twist i really liked the uh, the storytelling in this one <laughs> just the way she's like you know what i was wrong Humans. Screw, all, screw all these humans. Screw you, my family. I was wrong. Take me back. I'm take, gonna kill them all.
0: Take me back, bro. I don't like these stupid, fleshy, meat sack puppets. Yeah, even though, like, she had some good times in her life, and you know, she she had her kids. Sounds like it wasn't all bad. No,
1: she loved her husband, but 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 that was like that was it. Everybody else, like, oh, you just are. You you have no respect. You're disgusting. You you're rude. No, I'm. I'm done. I'm, I'm done. done. I'm going to be the angel of death again because I just can't really stand any of you. And how how many of us have felt that way about our families from time <laughs> to time?
0: Well, and it's just truly that um that type of angel that's not the sweet demure little thing on top of the tree, but like a real supernatural warrior. That is um bloodthirsty what says in here too agnes thinks of the grandchildren all of their innocence and then shrugs the lord god does love a good sacrifice and innocent blood will buy more than what flows in her son's veins like just, it's not pretty. It's not nice and sweet. And her, the description of her armor and her skin and her sword, their sword, its sword. She's not really a woman. She's kind of a genderless thing. She's an angel. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or they're an angel.
1: they yeah. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I get. I guess Azrael is not exactly gendered after that yeah
0: yeah um a nice twist a really nice twist i'm i'm a sucker for fallen angels avenging angels anything like that that's come up with another book we discussed on this podcast um definitely a trope that i eat up with a spoon really greedily and this was perfect and what a what a nice little sinister thing to put in a christmas book here here Oh, we got to talk about the next one. This one was emotional for me. This was real emotional for me. Home by Tim Lebon. I,
1: you, you know, it was emotional for me too, and I can't put my finger on why. I mean, I get, I get what he was doing with this. I get, I get exactly who the old man was. It, I, I, I get it, but something about the way that it's presented was was very sad. And, oh my god, and heartfelt.
0: It, it's heartbreaking. It's beautiful. This is a post post-apocalyptic world where santa and old bob which i guess is an okay this is how i interpreted this Mm -hmm. thing let me just say it is an elf um that you know is kind of from the fallout and because santa is immortal, is a magical creature even after the worst possible apocalypse he'll never be done and it's just gonna keep on going and going and he's so old at this point he doesn't remember but like they go back to what i believe is his workshop and that's why the other elves attack but old bob always makes him a reindeer it's like oh my god God, it's horrifying. It made my skin crawl. It made me want to cry. Like, this was powerful stuff. It's
1: like, what is Santa after we're all gone? And it's...
0: He doesn't even know.
1: After we've destroyed everything, what is Santa? And this is... This is it.
0: And they're just going to keep doing this and they'll come back every Christmas from their wanderings. But this is it. Yeah, it just in a way that um, horror can often do, it makes you emotional and it makes you uncomfortable and it makes you sad and it makes you scared. (sighs) Powerful stuff. I can't think about it anymore. I'm going to start crying. I know. Yeah. Okay, let's change. Change the subject. This one was kind of weird for me. Hiking through by Michael Corta. Oh, Corita? I liked it. Okay, no, I wasn't mad. I was just kind of like, oh, oh, I like. There's like a witch kind of thing going on. I
1: think that maybe it would have fit better more towards the beginning of the book. It's a cool little. It's a cool little origin story of campfire legends.
0: That's true, and that's kind of reminds me of Campfire, our book, and we do love urban legends and stuff. That's kind of a thing we both kind of seem to share. Yeah, um, yeah. I think that that might have been it. Is I would have enjoyed this more not towards the end of the book
1: because this short story collection it does has absolutely no plot uh, connecting the stories, but it does have an interesting ramp where it starts a little bit more simple uh, uh, and straightforward and then goes into kind of the extremes. And this one was just very, uh, very just straightforward, which was great. And I and I really liked it. It just kind of felt out of place in the book where it was.
0: Yeah, I think that's probably it. Like I said, I liked it more than a meh. There was very few meh things for me happening in the book in general. So that's going to bring us to the last and the longest story, which... I adored. Oh, I loved this one. This is the Hangman's Bride by Sarah Pinborough. First of all, great title. Loved this weird set during the Victorian era, era blah, Dickensian tale with like a cool Japanese twist.
1: Yeah, this is a very long story, and I feel like there's a whole lot of stuff that you can break down in this book. I mean, first of all, the 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 claustrophobia horror in this in this story oh, yes. was, was almost too much for me. I mean, it, it's funny to say that I got through all of the short stories of this book and then the final one made turned the 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 collection into a struggle for me because it was rough. It was real rough for me.
0: Oh and I like anything where the ghost Um, is not really bad and it's the humans that are bad and she is actually trying to she's on the side of good i
1: I like the idea of put of setting the grunge in dickensian england i I think that that's really (laughs) a, a great image for me
0: I really like that, that term. I think it's Onryo, that type of ghost in Japan. I
1: believe that is what the term is. I, I don't remember it.
0: Ah, I'm mad I can't think of it. I feel like a poser. But I am into it, I promise. Um, no, this was just good. This was just good, weird Christmas um gothic tale and like the way that he's like the gentleman hangman and because of the way his wife died by hanging he wants to look in their faces and oh my god it's just so deliciously dark and romantic and then it has a happy ending
1: (laughs) it's 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 kind of how uh (laughs) it's how oliver twist should have ended i mean it's kind of how it ended but um, you know, just with a little bit less uh, prostitute death, I
0: guess. Um, um, I like that there, like I said, there's this real East meets West stuff that you don't always see in these kind of um, throwbackish Victorian gothic tales where it's like so much of that influence. From Eastern supernatural stuff, meeting with Western and then that it's people who are the bad guys, but it's so it's certainly supernatural. Really, oh my god, what a great way to end this collection. It
1: really was. It was an excellent story. I, I liked it very, very much.
0: I wasn't sure that you were gonna like it. You- oh, really? Because I thought that it was gonna be like too wordy and too dry for you.
1: Uh if it, it let's let's put it this way if it was i didn't blame any of that on my problems with it the scene where he was stuck in the chimney <gasps> and just the fear of of him going back was is what i put on that story as making it a struggle for me to get through um maybe if it didn't you know tap so strongly into my own phobias yeah. then uh maybe i would have maybe i would have caught some other things that made it you know harder for me to read but it it was a lot for me it was it was it was a lot and so any any wordiness that normally i don't get into i i i didn't catch
0: um i think you know i'm, I'm really into victoriana i i do like victoriana stuff and i know that in those times children had some of the worst jobs that like even the adults wouldn't or couldn't do but it's so funny because of all of those i don't think of chimney sweeps because i think of mary poppins i think of bird and the chimney sweeps
1: dancing along the roofs and they just have brushes and they just kind of like stick it down the chimney
0: (laughs) like brushing a tooth and it's like now a small human a child had to get in there and scrub that shiz and they died and they were inhaling all that crud it's unbelievably sad
1: and I never thought of chimneys being like a, uh, uh, if you'll forgive me, a series of tubes running throughout the house.
0: <laughs> a series of interconnected tunnels.
1: But it actually makes sense. You know, you, you can light a fire in one room and you can bring heat throughout the entire house. Yes. It's not just you light a fire and, and heat the room.
0: Well, it's because it's something we don't have today in yeah. our lives. So we don't really think about it.
1: It's basically it's basically a, a, a Dickensian HVAC system. And yeah, a, I just I just never thought of that being a thing. It makes like I said it makes a lot of sense now, but wow, that must have been horrifying to clean out.
0: Everything about living in that time was pretty much horrifying. Probably why I'm so drawn to it. <laughs> but um, yeah, what a wonderful, wonderful little, little um, little like holly, holly on top of the Christmas pudding to end this tale end this book. What a great book. This is one of, I think, the best things I've read all year.
1: I am usually kind of, I, I enjoy short story uh, collections, but I don't normally read them cover to cover.
0: I don't often either. I'll sometimes pick my way through.
1: Yeah, I I was a little bit worried about this for that reason. But this was perfect for the holiday season. It really was.
0: What a great choice. And I hope you guys all loved it as much as we do. Talk to us about it. What was your favorite stories? What stories didn't you like? Um, were you screaming at us during this entire episode that like, no, no, not that one. And how could you not like this? And why was that just meh? Tell us. We want to hear about it. Leave us voicemails. Send us messages.
1: And one more reminder before we go, we are collecting voicemails, emails, and uh, voice messages. So please give us a ring at 929 go genre. That's nine two nine four six four three six seven three And Your message could end up on the last
0: show of the year. It very well may. Uh, So yeah, talk to us about any of this genre-related stuff you've been enjoying this year, about this book, other books, some of your favorites, your least favorites. We'd love to hear from you. So without further ado, um, I want to say I hope everybody has a good Yuletide season. Let us all remember the reason for the season, which is paganism. (laughs) No, but for real, whatever religion, whatever you celebrate, the winter is always a good time for reflection and curling up with a good book and just appreciating life being a little dormant for a while. Thank you, Scott. Thank you, Sandra. So leave out treats for Krampus and please keep reading past your bedtime.